Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, June 18th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I am your host, Travis Karcheski. Just me today. Truman is at work. Um, no promises, but possibly Thursday we will get him on. A little bit of uh, house cleaning we got to get to before we start the show. Uh, next week we will be going on vacation, so there will be no episodes next week. Um, we did that last year as well, if you kind of remember. Uh, so yeah, no shows next week, so just be prepared for that. You can always go back. Uh, if you're really needing your fix of us, go back throughout the uh, week and listen to some of our old episodes get re-caught up because once we hit, you know, July 2nd is going to be our next show after these first two these week, and once we hit July 2nd, we're going to turn it up a notch. We have a confirmed interview on Friday with a pretty decently big athlete, something we're really excited about, somebody that I reached out to because I really wanted to uh, get him on the show because his story and just everything he's about is amazing, and I really want him to come on and learn, listen to that. So we tried to get him on thursday but the way the schedules worked out friday we're doing the interview friday um so we wouldn't get the show out to you uh, so next so july 2nd we're gonna have our next show it's sort of like our weekly our yearly break next week you know we go up to michigan we go up to our cabin in michigan um so we won't be around uh, but then once July 2nd hits, that'll be our next show where we have a huge guest on. Uh, we're going to bring in some more people. i got a couple people lined up that want to come in, do, do a little uh, sports analysis. So we're going to have that for you. So a little bit back to our older formation. Um, and then once school hits, August 26th, 27th, I think is when we're supposed to start. Uh, me and Truman will be living together. So we will be fully engaged, I'm pretty sure, from then on out, you know, with it's just us and possibly even Johnny adding a third. So a lot of things coming up for us, so make sure you stay tuned to that. Follow our Twitter for the updates. But we have to get to the NBA. Um, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today because we have not talked since last Thursday, which seems like a year ago in terms of the sports world. So we have a ton of stuff that I want to get into and talk about. Firstly, we weren't here when the Raptors won the championship. So Raptors, Toronto Raptors are your 2019 NBA champions. It was a great game, great last game. Uh, Kawhi won finals MVP. Fred Van Fleet went off. Um, I heard some people even voted Van Fleet for the uh, MVP award. But Kawhi got it, as we all know. And it was really cool to see Toronto win. I mean, they are a different franchise because not only do they have uh, – you know, pretty solid fan base. It's a whole country behind them, so they have a lot of people rooting for them, and it was just a great uh, thing to see them win the championship. But I did get into it a little bit on Twitter with uh, a couple people when I said that even though the Warriors lost this game, it's not over for the Warriors and their dynasty. I fully believe the Warriors will be back next year. Um, the Clay Thompson thing, we'll get into it in a second, and obviously Kevin Durant, both of them out for a year, all next year probably. Uh, it hurts them a lot, but they still have a lot of talent. So like I said on Twitter, if you saw me debating a little bit back and forth, this team 
still has the talent, and we have to kind of see our free agency plays out, see where guys end up, uh, what what more talent they add. I mean, they're going to have to add some people now that Kevin Durant and Clay are out for the next year. Um, I just don't – I'm too nervous to completely write off the Warriors just yet. They had a bad series. Um you got to ask the question: Would they have made it to the NBA Finals if they had if they didn't have Clay or KD? I mean, obviously KD didn't play, you know, in the Trailblazers series, but he was a big part of their playoffs. Clay is obviously a big part of what they do. And would they have been to the final? Went to the finals if not for Clay? Um, I'm not sure. So it's a question you got to ask. I'm just too. I feel like people are too quick to write off a team just because they lost, you know, one NBA Finals. I mean, it's very very difficult to threepeat and. They've won, you know, a bunch of games these past couple years. I still believe they'll be, you know, a one, two, three seed. I mean, Steph Curry's still Steph Curry, Draymond's still Draymond, and they all got to take a step up next year. You know, they're gonna have to have somebody else step up too. Um, I'm not sure who they re-sign, who they go get. Uh, I don't, I don't think it makes sense going to get Cousins back. I don't think Cousins provided what they wanted him to provide. And I don't think they're gonna be able to pay him as much. Now, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, but Carmelo Anthony sounds like a pretty decent option. But we'll talk about it in a second. First, let's talk about Klay Thompson. So Klay Thompson, uh, during that game, game six, he was um, injured uh, on a play, and he had to come out of the game, and he got fouled on that play, and he had to shoot free throws. We all know this. We all saw it. Um, and if he didn't shoot the free throws, he would have been out the rest of the game. So he came back on this knee injury, which you know we come to find out later was a torn ACL, and he shoots those two free throws and uh, makes them both, and he tries to stay in the game even for a second. He gets pissed when the Warriors fouled the Raptors so they could get the, you know, the break to take him out. Anyways, it turns out later he hasn't torn ACL. It turns out later also that he was begging the coaches to go back in the locker room. I mean, Clay Thompson, you don't have to question his toughness. He's one of the toughest, grittiest players in the NBA. And you saw that um, on, what was it, Thursday night? So, anyways, Clay Thompson's out for the rest of the year. Probably, you know, all playoffs next year. Although it is maybe a small possibility, in my opinion. If, depending on how rehab goes, he could be back for the playoffs. You know, late playoffs, maybe. Depends on how far the Warriors go. Anyways, so that was the finals. Raptors, they had the parade yesterday. Clay, T- I mean, uh, Kawhi Leonard was all over, you know, the parade. Um, celebrating, puffing a big cigar, and just enjoying life. And it was just an awesome thing to see. I mean, they had a lot of people there. It was Toronto. I mean, it's a whole country. And it's a hockey town, people say, but it was just really cool to see. And where the Raptors go from here, I mean, they have a lot of talent still. I mean, they obviously the biggest key for them this offseason is to bring back Kawhi Leonard. If they don't have Kawhi Leonard... This team probably doesn't reach the finals. I mean, that's my opinion. Um, that trade, looking back on it now, obviously made a lot of sense. They got rid of DeMar DeRozan, who was a fan favorite in Toronto, to get Kawhi. And it was basically just a one-year rental, and they knew that. And they traded him, and they ended up winning a championship. So now I think you're going to see a lot more teams willing to do this. I mean, we saw it with the Anthony Davis trade, which we'll get into in a second. Um, Anthony Davis is going to be a one-year rental as well. And it doesn't make sense to sign him for one year or trade him, give a bunch of capital up for a player like that. And I think it does because there's really only a handful of players in the NBA that you could look at and say, you know, these are unworldly talents. You won't find this 
on any free agents list. You won't find this on any roster in the NBA. You know, guys like Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, they're out of this world talents. They're people you will never find on the street somewhere. It's something that is very rare to find, and it's worth giving up, you know, a future if you can just go all in right now. It's like baseball. Baseball, we got the trade deadline coming up. You know, baseball does this every year, and I think they do it to a T, where it's like, you're at the deadline, you're either buying or selling, or you're staying the same. And if you're buying, that means you're probably going to get to the playoffs and go pretty far in the World Series. If you're selling, you're getting ready to, you know, tear it down and, you know, rebuild. And if you're staying the same, you believe your core is decent enough to where you're not good enough to go to the playoffs yet, but maybe you're right there, you're on the cusp of it. That's what I believe these teams are now going to be doing in the NBA. They're, if they're a guy like Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard, or I mean, you have to look at it. You really have to dissect rosters. I mean, there's really only a handful of guys I would do this for because they gave up a lot to get Kawhi Leonard, and the, obviously the Lakers gave up a ton to get Anthony Davis. But if it's worth it, I mean, if you come in and you win a championship and you know you have a strong possibility that that player could resign, I think it's 100% worth it, and it makes a ton of sense to do it. And I think you're going to see a lot more of it. If I was Kawhi, I mean, I would stay in Toronto. I think that would make a lot of sense for him. He is still one of the best, um, one of the franchise best players, and he only played one year there uh, for the Raptors. So it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, I don't, I don't think he's one of these guys that was different about him is he's not somebody that I think cares at all about what city he plays in. I mean, I, I don't think he cares, you know, if he's in LA or New York, I don't think he prefers those. Um, and it's weird because Kawhi Leonard is one of these players. You don't know really that much about him. You don't know what his motives are. You know, obviously he wants to win. Obviously he wants to get paid. Um, but I just don't think he cares too much about different things. And I don't know. I think his family plays a big part part in it, and uh, it's just going to be an interesting thing to see. You know, where he ends up uh, next year. You know, we're going to probably find out in a month or two. So we're going to be having our free agency preview slash recap show um, probably that week we come back. Uh, I'm not really sure when or where, but you know, I. Fully believe there's going to be a ton of moves going down these next couple of weeks. I mean, we saw it on Saturday. One of the biggest trades in NBA history, you could even go out and say, happened on Saturday. Uh, Anthony Davis was traded to the Lakers for Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and four first-round picks. It was an absolute haul for David Griffin pulled off a pretty solid move for them. I know the Lakers, this was something that's being discussed for the last couple of days, and I know the Lakers really wanted to keep Kuzman, and they were able to keep him. And I think that was what was holding everything up. I think David Griffin just said, you know what, screw it. Let's go ahead and let's make this trade. Because now we got four first-round picks. They said, there's a man out there right now. He's a kid, eighth grader, who will be playing for the Pelicans because of the Lakers pick um, in 2025, which is insane to think about. But anyways... This was a great deal for the Pelicans and the Lakers. Because you go with the Lakers, they got another star to put outside um, LeBron James. And they kept Kuzman, who's a very good young player who I think is going to develop into a potential starter uh, for the next couple of years, which is huge for them. And then you look on the Pelicans side, they got, look at this court. They got Zion Wilmerson, fourth overall pick, which could be you know Cam Reddish, something like that. Uh, Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. Okafor, who was a first-round pick a couple years ago, lottery pick. 
Um, I'm thinking of Josh Hart, who's a solid backup point guard. They have a ton of talent up and down this roster now. A ton of young, good talent, and they have a lot of capital in the wings with the Lakers' first-round draft picks that they could use. You know, if they start to win, they could use those picks to get you know other superstars in there to add to that team. Now, with the Lakers, I mean, I think the Lakers. You can't really say they lost this deal because you got to see how it plays out. It's going to take a long time before we really see how this deal plays out. But I think the Lakers, you know, are sort of in a strange position now because they don't have much cap space left because they got to pay Anthony Davis. Um, and Anthony Davis, there's some sort of deal Anthony Davis has in his contract where he can pick up some sort of option, which is like an extra four million dollars. And I believe he is going to turn that down so, you know, the Lakers have a little bit more in cap space. Because right now they only have four or five guys under contract right now on their roster. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out with them. Because they're going to be needing, you know, a lot of people to fill that roster up. And, you know, they're going to be signing a lot of veterans to minimum contracts. Uh, it's going. They could probably get one more star player. And I'm, what I'm assuming is they're going to go all in on Kemba Walker. That's what I've heard. Um, which, you know, I hate the Lakers. I hate LeBron. But I really want to get Kemba out of Charlotte. Because I think Charlotte is holding down Kemba the last couple of years. And I cannot wait to see what he does outside of Charlotte. Um, I think he is potentially a top 10, top 15 player in the NBA. And you just... We just don't see that or realize that because he's playing with the Hornets, who are ass. Um, but moving forward, the Lakers are going to have to fill this roster. And I've said it once with the Warriors, and I think I'm going to say it again with the Lakers. Carmelo Anthony is a sizable, very, very good, viable option for the Lakers and Warriors to add to their team. He's going to be cheap because he's already made a ton of money in the NBA. And he's willing to sit the bench, as you've seen. And all he's got to do is score. If you can get a cheap scoring option off your bench for, for you know, like I said, a veteran minimum contract, it would make a lot of sense that Carmelo Anthony would be that guy you'd want. He's not a, he's not a head case. He's a ton of experience in the NBA. All-star, former all-star. He was the all-star game three years ago. Um, starting in the NBA two years ago. And, you know, and he put up you know over 20 points uh, in this short amount of time with the Rockets, he put up 20 points against the Nets. He had a great game. And I think people want to look at Carmelo Anthony and talk about how overrated he is and how over you know blown he is. And this is a total bias probably. But he is still a very, very good option in today's NBA. He can shoot the three. He shoots the mid-range. It would make a lot of sense to bring him up and sign him to a deal, sit him on the bench. I mean, he is at least comes – at worst comes to worst, he is – a cool-headed veteran that you could have in that locker room, which I think would work well uh, in a locker room with LeBron James because um, he could sort of be like that Dwayne Wade, you know, that, that calm presence to sort of balance out the alpha that LeBron James is. So I think that would make a lot of sense for them. As far as where the Pelicans go from here, uh, like I said, this team is full of talent. They have a lot of young pieces now. New Orleans basketball is going to be a lot of fun to watch the next couple of years. I'm not high on Brandon Ingram. I have never been high on Brandon Ingram, but he is still a good, solid player. And, you know, he does have a high ceiling. He's a lottery pick. So, and I think Lonzo Ball, same thing. I think Lonzo Ball is one of these players who we have not seen how good of a player he can be. He's been hurt the last couple of years, but there's been flashes of just pure, raw, superstar talent that I cannot wait to see in these next couple of years in New Orleans. You know, I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder now. Um, 
I think his dad is starting to slowly uh, get out. I think he's starting to distance himself from his dad. I mean, that big ball brand is shut down pretty much. That's all gone. Um, and it's just going to be a fresh start for him, and I think that's what he needs. I mean, you saw LeVar, LeVar Ball. The dude's an idiot. He went on uh, some sort of show. He did some sort of interview, and he said the Lakers will never win another championship again. They'll be cursed. I mean, you, you expect that from him. But anyways... I think that's something that's going to cool down a little bit now that he's in New Orleans. You know, it's not a huge party town like Los Angeles. He's not going to be constantly under the microscope of his dad and of the media. So I think it's a good place for Alonzo to go um, and try to put his career back on track, which I think, you know, that's a sort of a hard statement. You can't say his career's off track because he's only, this is year three, but it's going to be interesting to see what he can do now that he's playing in a place that's a little bit easier to grow as a young superstar. I mean, it's very difficult to be the star point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers as, as a rookie or second-year guy. So I think it's going to be a good decision for him to move on, and I think he's going to like it even more. And then you got Zion, who, yeah, it sucks that Zion won't be able to play with Anthony Davis. I think we're all kind of waiting for that. But now he gets to play with a lot of young superstar, young not superstar players, young, talented players who, you know, know how to act in the NBA and know how to, you know, maneuver around. And I think it makes sense for the Pelicans to maybe get an older veteran that could teach these guys a little bit about how to be pros. Carmelo Anthony would make a lot of sense there. Carmelo Anthony fits anywhere. I can, you name me a team and I can fit his game, his, his, his style, his, personality into any locker room in the NBA. So it makes no sense as to why he hasn't been signed yet. And you can give me a team like the Nuggets. Like, okay, Nuggets. Nuggets, you know, have a young core coming up. Carmelo, and, Carmelo Anthony is a old veteran who's been in a lot of big moments. Hometown hero for the Nuggets. Bring him back would make a lot of sense. I can fit Carmelo Anthony into any per, any locker room in the country. It's, it's that easy. That's why I don't understand why he hasn't been signed yet. Um... But that's it for the Anthony Davis trade. Uh, we're going to see how it plays out over the season. I mean, I think the Lakers are now the best odds to win the championship, which is a little bit too quick in my mind considering the fact they only have about four or five players under under contract right now uh, for next year. But we'll see what happens um, as that season progresses and as the free agency progresses. I mean, like I said, we're going to be having a couple people come in here and give us – you know, their their takes on the free agency. I mean, this is a loaded market right now. And there's a ton of big names out there. I mean, Jimmy Butler is like the fifth or sixth best player in free agency, which is crazy to me. Um, but we will get that all updated and all talked about uh, come after, after our vacation. Sorry, I was a little confused there. Anyways, though, we got to move on now to some football. But before that, I had to remind you guys about my guy, Dom, at Dee's Home Cuts. Dee's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a fantastic haircut at a low price. For only $10, Dee's Home Cuts will provide you with professional haircut and styling. Trust Dee's Home Cuts for all your haircut needs. I mean, it's summer, guys. You're trying to get some girls right now. You're trying to get some the girls looking at you. Go start with a professional haircut from Dee's Home Cuts. It's cheap. It's affordable, especially for college kids. We're always trying to find the cheaper option. But at the end of the day, it's cheap, but you're going to get the best cut. I mean, it's why it's the best deal around. You can't beat it. So go ahead and check them out on Dee's Home Cuts on Instagram at Dee's Home Cuts. Find a bunch of uh, 
videos of him and his cuts that he's done. I mean, even if you're not sure what kind of cut you want to get, go look at these and he'll provide you with a great opinion about how he should shape your hair uh, with your face style and all this type of stuff. So go check him out at these home cuts. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. So let's go to some football. Really the only thing I wanted to talk about before we get to our off-season review of the Eagles is uh, Josh McCown. Josh McCown has retired from the NFL after a couple seasons. Let me get the exact numbers for you. Uh, Josh McCown um, is the epitome of what a backup quarterback should have been and what he should be. Josh McCown had a fantastic career in the NFL. Uh, let me pull up the stats. It's right here. There we go. Um, 17 seasons in the NFL. He's 40 years old. I mean, he played 17 years in the NFL at quarterback. That's very difficult to do. Um, and where'd he get drafted? He was the only quarterback in his draft class still left. I mean, he was, I think, the backup for the Bears for a little while. He was drafted by the Cardinals. He played a bunch of teams. Um, I think like six or seven teams he played for, was a starter for the Browns a little bit, starter for the Jets, and he always was this type of guy who showed flashes. He always was a consistent piece for you, a fantastic backup because he was willing to teach up your quarterbacks. He was willing to put his pride aside as, you know, one of these people who want to be the starter. You know, he wasn't like that. He, you know, did what he was asked to do, and he did it very well. He had a great football mind, and I know people are even asking if he's going to be a head coach. Um, and then my favorite thing was, you know, he retired and there was a video posted of him playing slot. Apparently there was a game where he was on the Lions where their slot receiver wasn't playing well and Josh McCown played a lot of slot receiver in practice. So they put him in and he had like two catches for 15 yards, had another really, really long catch, but it was called back because of a penalty. But, uh, yeah, so Josh McCown, I mean, like I said, he is the epitome of what you want your backup to be. Um, when he was with the last couple of years with the Jets, I mean, he had, you show a bunch of clips of him teaching Sam Darnold how to be a pro, and I think that helped Sam Darnold out a lot. And I would fully expect Josh McCown to get into coaching. I think people were saying that, you know, he might be um, a coach someday. You know, maybe head coach, quarterback coach, whatever. Well, we'll see what happens. But this isn't the last time we've heard of Josh McCown. And I cannot wait to see where he goes from here. So let's go now to Philadelphia where we're going to do our free agency wrap-up show, off-season review. Philadelphia, 9-7 and seven last year. Made it to the playoffs with a little bit of Nick Foles magic again. You know, coming off that Super Bowl winning season, they had a lot of pressure on them. Uh, Carson Wentz, you know, was was healthy, but, you know, Nick Foles was coming off that Super Bowl MVP performance. So he had a little bit of questions there. But uh, Carson Wentz started, you know, the first couple of games, started the majority of the season, got hurt again. Questions on if Carson Wentz was actually fully healthy this season arose. Nobody really knew. And Nick Foles came in. And he won them. What did he win them? Like, he won them. The wild card playoff game, obviously, but he won them the last three. They won on a three-game win streak at the end of the season because of him. And, you know, they beat Chicago in the playoffs off of that double doink. And then they ended up losing to the Saints 14-20, to which was a close score. And it was a great game. Um, but then Nick Foles' magic sort of ran out. So then you go into the offseason. There's some questions surrounding what you're going to do with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. 
and they answered that question. They got rid of Nick Foles. He signed, you know, a big contract with the Jaguars, and they signed Carson Wentz to a huge extension, sort of shoring up that quarterback position. Carson Wentz is going to be their quarterback of the future. We saw that um, in this uh, offseason. Then you go to the running back position. They traded for Jordan Howard. They signed him up. They they did not sign back Jay Ajayi, which was interesting. Um, He's still available, actually. Uh, So they didn't bring him back. Darren Sproles retired, but they traded for Jordan Howard, and they drafted Miles Sanders, the running back from Penn State. Um, You go to the wide receiver position. They got rid of Golden Tate. They lost Golden Tate, who was somebody they traded for. Um, And they... Are still working there, but the, as far as the other free agents, they lost. They lost Haloti Nana to retirement. They lost Jordan Hicks, who was a big time receiver for them, the last receiver, linebacker for them the last couple of seasons. Um, but they did replace. They did have some nice moves in free agency. Like I said, the Jordan Howard one was big. They got Andrew Sandeo from the Vikings. He's going to help up sure up that secondary. That secondary last year is something you know you could really key on. That secondary, I think behind the Packers, they had the most guys playing there. They had a ton of different guys having to play secondary because uh, you know, they had a bunch of injuries. And, you know, guys like Malcolm Jenkins was hurt. Ronald Darby got hurt. Jalen Mills. All these people got hurt last year in their secondary, and they had to replace it with a lot of guys. So Anderson Day was a good safety, good solid guy to put in there. Um, I'm trying to think who else they got. Uh, they signed Malik Jackson from the Jaguars, a former Pro Bowl caliber defensive tackle who was sort of a bust with the Jaguars after he signed that big deal um, coming over from Denver where he was a big deal. And uh, he's going to help to shore up that defensive line. Uh, they got, they didn't sign Michael Bennett back, I believe. They got rid of Michael Bennett. Uh, he signed with the Patriots. Uh, Chris Long retired. So they did lose a couple more players on that defensive line, but I just don't think they're that you know, pissed off about those. And then as far as wide receiver goes, I think one of the biggest storylines as well, it was they brought in Deshaun Jackson with a trade. Deshaun Jackson, as you well know, was one of the best Philadelphia Eagles receivers in history. And they brought him back from Tampa Bay, uh, reunited back in Philadelphia. The fans love him. Everybody loves him. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here. Then you go to the draft. They got Andre Dillard with the first pick. He's going to sure up that offensive line a little bit better um, to protect uh, Carson Wentz a little bit more. I'm not sure where he's going to play. I mean, Jason Peters is getting a little bit older. I mean, he's 37 years old. I'm pretty sure Andre Dillard's going to take over that position, if not this year, next year. Um, they still have Lane Johnson. They still have Jason Kelsey. Uh, Jason Kelsey was an all-pro first team last year. So that offensive line solid. And then they also took, like I said, uh, Miles Sanders with the second pick. That was a very good pickup for them. Somebody who played behind Saquon, so wasn't really keyed on. Um, and then one of the players they got, which I'm really excited about, was J.J. Arkea Whiteside from Stanford. He is a very big, very tall, solid, physical wide receiver that would play perfectly next to somebody like Deshaun Jackson. He's going to be... Um, this thread zone threat, and I think he was 
he has the value that you you got at the number fifty seven all pick made a lot of sense for Whiteside. Whiteside is somebody who's going to catch the fifty fifty balls. He's amazing at that. I mean, Stanford didn't have that great of a quarterback last year, um, so put him with Carson Wentz, and that's a big target for him. And as far as everything else, they got Clayton Thorson, quarterback from Northwestern, um, which was surprising because Clayton Thorson to me wasn't that great at Northwestern, but uh, it's going to be a little bit different for them. Because he's going, he's got a little bit more of a, um, what could you say, a little bit more of a quarterback-friendly offense that you're dealing with, whether at Northwestern. Northwestern's offense is not really keyed upon with, uh, uh, what do you call it? Northwestern offense isn't really built to have the quarterback succeed. It's more of a, you know, just a running type of offense. So it's going to be interesting to see what Clayton Thorson can do there. Then you go, I think one of the more interesting stories on this roster, if you really look at the roster, they got Charles Johnson. They signed him from the AAF. Charles Johnson led the AAF in receiving yards. He was, you know, former NFL player, had some flashes. He apparently, you know, he he fell out of love with the game. He said he got, you know, tired of playing football. He got bored with it. Um, and that's why he, you know, sort of fall down. But he went back to the AAF and he played, you know, a couple games there. Was an absolute beast. And I guess he said he fell in love back with football. And he's in a better mental place right now. Uh, so that's a good signing for them. You know, he's an interesting talent. And it's going to be it's gonna be cool to see if he can sort of put it together uh, now that he's back in the NFL. You got his second chance. Now let's see what he can do. But that's it pretty much for their roster. I mean, Doug Peterson's still the head coach. Um, Jim Schwartz is still the defensive coordinator. This is an interesting team. Jim Swar- uh, Doug Peterson's still a good offensive coordinator slash head coach. He's good at calling plays. And we're going to see how this team comes together this year with Carson Wentz. Uh, again, the biggest question is, will Carson Wentz be Carson Wentz that we know? Or will he be Carson Wentz that he was last year, which was pretty much next to the level you compare him to garbage. He was he was pretty bad last year when he played some games. Um, he was decent, but majority of his showings were pretty, pretty bad. Um, so 9-7 and seven last year. Again, we do this all the time with these off-season reviews, but the biggest question is, will uh, Carson Wentz be Carson Wentz, or will he be trash like he was last year? Is he healthy? We're not so sure yet. Was it a mistake getting rid of Nick Foles? And going with Carson Wentz, in my opinion, no. I think you know you have to choose between Carson Wentz or Nick Foles. I think Carson Wentz is the better option in terms of longevity and potential. Um, I think Nick Foles is going to absolutely fail in uh, Jacksonville, but we will see about that. Uh, but yeah, Philadelphia nine and seven. I would say, honestly, in my opinion, I think ten and six is a good record for that. I could easily see them winning this division over the Cowboys. Uh, and going back to the playoffs for a third straight year in a row. I don't see them as Super Bowl contenders, but I think 10-6 and six is a good record for them. But that's it for our offseason review for the Eagles. We're going to be doing the Giants next show. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun to dive into the Giants and you know that dumpster fire that they call a franchise over there. But now we're going to get into some baseball here. Um, biggest thing with baseball is Edwin Encarnacion. Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, he was traded to the Yankees for, I'm not really sure what they got. Uh, they got a 19-year-old pitching prospect, Juan Thin. Not sure you know much about him. But Encarnacion has 21 home runs right now. He's a power bat. Played for the Indians the last couple of years, so I know a lot about him. He is somebody who, when he makes contact on a bat on a ball, 
it goes and it goes for power and it's it's a it's a beautifully hit ball when he hits it really good. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into that Yankees lineup. They sent down Clint Frazier, former Indians prospect as well, uh, for him. And if you saw the video on that, Clint Frazier, you know, looked pretty pissed off that he got sent down. I mean, he's batting 283 this year with the Yankees, so he's been coming around a little bit. And you know, former top prospect with the Indians and Yankees. And if you know much about baseball. To really get a handle on the game and get true access into your skills, you have to get a lot of at-bats. And you have to get a ton of at-bats under your belt. And you have to have consistency every day. I mean, I think Terry Francona struggles with that right now. He doesn't. Baseball managers like to work with older players more than younger players because they don't really want to put the time in to you know work with younger guys. And, you know, Clint Frazier just was a victim of the numbers game. And I think that's going to be a huge mistake for the Yankees because I believe they'll trade him at the deadline because they still have Judge and Stan on the IR right now. They're still waiting for them to come back. Uh, so there's really no place for Frazier to play this season and or the next season or the season after that. So I think trading him will be a huge mistake, but I believe they'll do it. And whoever gets him is going to get a huge steal. I mean, I know the Indians fans are clamoring for them to go get Frazier because that would be a perfect signing for them because he's a homegrown guy sort of through our farm system. And, you know, I know fans love him. It would be cool to see them bring him back. Uh, but, yeah, they got Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, two cycles, though. Uh, Shohei Otani and Jake Bowers for the Indians both hit cycles this week. Um which was cool is back-to-back nights. Uh, so cycle, like I said, single, double, triple, home run. That's a cycle if you hit all those in one game. Uh, Jake Bowers was interesting because he's been struggling very, very poorly this season. Um, he's, again, another young prospect who we just need to break through. And you need to just grind your teeth and just suck it up with these you know, early years with prospects and just let them come into their game on their own. And Jake Bowers is somebody you're going to have to have patience with. And apparently before the game, you know, Terry Francona sat down and spoke to him, you know, because people were calling for him to be sent down to AAA. And Francona, you know, said he's not going to send him down to AAA. He sat him down, he spoke with him, and then Bowers goes out and he hits a cycle. Um, And sorry about that. It was a baseball um, that I was playing around with. But, yeah, so Jake Bowers Hit a cycle, and it was cool to see if he'll bounce back this season and sort of tap into that potential that we all saw in AAA. Because when he's sent to AAA, he just mashes the ball. So we're going to see where he goes with that. Um, As far as Otani, though, I mean, Otani's still working his way back from injuries. And I think what people – you know Otani. Otani is the guy who can hit and bat. Hit and bat. Hit and pitch. Um and you've sort of been seeing it. He hasn't pitched at all really this season because he's still recovering from Tommy John surgery. But I think people are starting to clamor slash call for him to be primarily a batter. You've seen that sort of come out the last couple of days and weeks. He hit a home run again last night. He is gifted with the bat. And if he spends more time at that, he could be absolutely amazing with the bat. That's why I think it makes sense for Otani to just focus. We talked about this when he came over on the show, actually. We said eventually over time, he's probably going to realize he's better at one thing than the other, and he's going to want to stick with one or the other. 
And I think we're sort of seeing he's better at hitting than he is pitching. Um, he has some decent tools as a pitcher, and he you know makes a lot of good quality starts before his injury. But I think hitting is where he'll really shine. I think it will take less toll on his body. I don't think we'll see as many injuries. And I think it would make a lot of sense for Otani to just stick with hitting you know, instead of focusing on um, pitching as well. So that would make a lot of sense for them um, with that. As far as baseball goes, though, uh, you know, David Ortiz is in good condition now. I just read that he's going to be all right. It seems like he's in good condition. Still in the hospital, but he should get out soon. Uh, so we'll definitely you know, let you know when that happens. Uh, over the weekend, though, U.S. Open. We'll talk a little bit of golf here before we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, Gary Woodland won the U.S. Open on Sunday, Father's Day, and uh, which was cool because Gary Woodland, as a father himself, he had a couple, I guess, miscarries or something like that, and uh, it was a very emotional day for him, but he won the Open. Um, Brooks Kepka sort of charged on Sunday, but Woodland was able to hold him back. Great tournament, third major of the year. Uh, and Gary Woodland was able to get that win. So I didn't watch too much of it, so there's not much I can talk about. But it was definitely, you know, a good win for Gary Woodland, who's one of the good guys at golf. Um, but that's it for our show today. You want to thank you to our sponsor, D's Home Cuts. Um, potentially we have another sponsor interested in sponsoring our show right now. Uh, but we'll keep you updated with that. Uh, probably what we've been talking about is that sponsor will be sponsoring the July 2nd show, which is uh, going to be hopefully with our uh next guest or next big interview pro athlete guest but we'll see about that you know that's like i said friday at nine um other than that though follow us on apple podcasts um spotify anchor wherever you listen to podcasts you could probably find us give us five star ratings re uh review us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode um other than that though i mean follow us on twitter at tnd sports talk 12 send us questions comments concerns uh, if you want to be a guest on the show, definitely hit us up through our DMs. We always send a follow back um, on our Twitter, so make sure you give us a follow. And if you have any sort of questions at all, Twitter is the place to contact us. Um, but other than that, though, that's our show. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Like I said, Thursday is going to be our last show for you know a week, couple days. Uh, we're going up to Michigan for a vacation, and then we'll come back July 2nd with a huge episode um, with a very special guest that I'm very excited about. Um, so make sure you check it out. Um, but that's it for our show. Listen in on Thursday. Um, we'll wrap it up, uh, our off-season review with the Giants, and i got a couple other things to talk about too. So make sure you tune in on Thursday. It's going to be a great show. But uh, thanks for listening, and have a great day.